Okay, four of you are ready. So I'm ready. Um, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. I, I had like, uh, I was telling Melissa this week, I had about 15 different messages ready to go I, I wanted to preach, but I, because you know I talk fast, it would be three hours, but I'm not going to give you three sermons. And so I want to build upon what we've been talking about is the um, uh, serving the Lord in, in the different areas. I'm going to move these posters so I don't mess them up. We're going to give these to you at the end. Remind me someone we're giving posters at the end. Um, and so we, we finished up last week with the uh, Truly Free series, and they're online. You can do podcasts, and, and we'd love for you to get a hold of those and listen to them. I, I think they were great. I believe the last two messages were really powerful from the Lord in those, and I want you to, to read those. But if you would take your Bibles out this morning and turn with me to Exodus chapter 17, and I want to build upon, again, us knowing that our world is in trouble. Our nation is in trouble. The nations of the world are in trouble and the only way that things are going to change is when the church unites and does great things. Come on, amen? Do you know, so I read to you out of Psalm 139 that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, and God loves people. Do you know that? Come on, God loves people. He loves you, and He loves it when people come together. We came together, like, to worship. We've come together. We helped this Armenia Bible College. That's because we are uniting in purpose and plan. And so God, if you look in the Bible, you look through history, you look even through uh, nation's history, great things happen when people unite together for a common good. Come on, amen? I mean, you can do a lot by yourself, but you can do greater things with a group of other people who believe with you, who, who are saying, let's go for a greater purpose. I know, I know uh, the history of the United States is under contest right now, but the United States, when we left, uh, most of the people that left England left the, the, the cruel works of King George and they came here and they started a free nation. This is not the best nation, but it's a good nation. Uh, do we have a lot of problems? Yes. Do we have a lot of great things? Yes. This is still the land of opportunity. And so this nation was founded when a group of people said, we're going to throw off the restraints of a cruel king or other cruel kings and we're going to come together, we're going to unite, and we're going to become a people that are great to do great things. Now, some of you may disagree, some of you may agree, well, the United States is a colonial nation. No, we broke free from colonialism. Uh, and so we now have opportunity. People still try to come to this nation every day, legally and illegally, and I don't care how they get here, I care that we preach the gospel to them, I care that they find Jesus, whether they're here forever or they go back. I don't care because God cares for all people. Amen? And so, because of that, let me talk to you this morning about giving a hand, all right? Can, can we do that? Can we talk about that for a moment? So take your Bibles out, Exodus chapter 17. Let me go there myself. It would be good if I had that. Exodus chapter 17. And so I want to talk about how God unites us as, as again, in the nation, we're, you know, and some of you, you know, you believe that God has called you to great things, and some of you, you're still discovering that. But what I want to say is, when God gives you a vision, it's not just for yourself, it's for people around you. And God, in fact, God has intended that, that you and I come together and do greater things. And in Ephesians chapter, I believe after chapter 3, it says, it was God's intent that through the church, the manifest wisdom of God would be made known to the principalities and powers of the world. It was through the church. You see, it didn't say, it didn't say uh, Billy Graham. It didn't say Pastor Stan Nelson. It didn't say through this first graduate army. It said through the church. And you and I are the church. Come on, amen? amen. And so here it is now. It's 2017. And I want to just challenge us just for a few minutes this morning about giving a hand. All right? So Exodus chapter 17. If you have your Bibles out, I'm going to start in verse, um, verse 8. 
But now, real quick, let me catch it. Take a breath. Let me tell you what's going on, okay? Let me give you the backstory. So, remember now, the children of Israel were in bondage in, in Egypt for 400 years. Say 400. 400. How many of you have been around for 400 years? None of us. Can you imagine living in bondage as captive slave workers to the Egyptians. And again, they didn't have the high-tech tools that we have. In, in all those pyramids, many of, of the Israelites, they would build that. And as you know, the, uh, God began to, to hear the cry of the Israelites, say, please free us. Please free us. And, and you know the account. It's not a story. It's not made up. Moses, with God's help, took them out of Egypt. Now they're beginning to move out into what's called the promised land. Say promised land. So God always has something better for us okay, than, than this world can offer. And so they're leaving the slavery of Egypt. They're going through. It's going to take... It's tough. They're in the desert now, okay? Now, has anyone been in the desert? How many of you know what the desert is? How many of you have ever been thirsty and hot? All right, you've got to work with me. Come on now. So, so they're, they're, they're dying. I mean, they're not dying. They're thirsty. It's hot in the desert. There's snakes and, and scorpions. And of course, the, the, there's enemies around them. And eventually, the, even the Egyptians tried to come back and take them. And so they're out and they're, they're at a place now. They're kind of grumbling now. You know, they're grumbling about how it was. And, and there's no water. And of course, Moses takes, he, Moses takes this staff. Check it out. This isn't his staff, okay? This is a replica, Okay. Moses takes the staff and he strikes a rock and God brings water out of the rock. Now this staff, we'll talk about this in a few minutes. I hope I don't trip on it. But Moses takes the staff and he, he strikes a rock and God brings out water to the people. So God refreshes them even in the desert. That's another sermon for another time. Okay? And so now, here in this account, they're moving forward, but check this out. Here's, here's where we're going to pick up, okay? So think about that. They're, they're leaving the, the, the bondage of Egypt. They're going to the promised land. Exodus 17, verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some, some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Ur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and sat him on it. Aaron and Ur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to, re to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Verse 15, Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner, or Jehovah Nissi. He said, For hands were lifted up to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Okay, so you've got to imagine this, all right? So Moses now, Moses is not a spring chicken. Moses is now over 80 years old, Okay. I'm not saying you're old if you're close to 80 or over 80. I'm just saying he was not a spring chicken, all right? So Moses was, a, as you know, prince of Egypt. There was an a, a animation about that, and then he, he rejected that. Then he became a shepherd for 40 years out in Nowheresville, okay? You thought you might have lived out there. 
And now God calls him back to, to shepherd the people of Israel out of slavery, out of bondage, okay? So now he, the, the Amalekites come and attack the children of Israel as they're, as they're going on their purpose. They're going to the promised land. Say promised land. Okay? And so jo- uh, Moses says, all right, Joshua, get some soldiers and go out and, and attack the Amalekites, or fight the Amalekites because they're attacking us. We're doing our own thing. They're attacking us. So the, 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 the account is this, is Moses holds up the staff, okay? And if, has, if any of you tried to hold up a staff for a long time, some of you like, want, Pastor, how long can you hold it up? I don't know, but probably not that long. Okay, and so Moses is holding up the staff, and if you've ever had to do stuff like this, you've hold up bricks or a staff, after a while, what happens? Moses, every time Moses' arms up, he's on a hill, wherever he's at, the children of Israel, they're inspired because Moses is like, we're doing this, we're doing this, right? Are you with me? Imagine this, okay? This, is, this really happened. This is not fake. This is not fake news or fake story. This is real. This is historically real. So Moses' arm is beginning to get tired. Some of you are wondering how long I can do Well, I can switch arms too. <laughs> okay, so Moses' arms, are, he's getting tired. I imagine that. I mean, he's not a spring chicken, you know, okay? Uh, maybe he does push-ups and sit-ups and lifts weights in the mornings. I don't know, okay? But so then over time, Moses' arms starts getting tired. What happens? The children of Israel, the Amalekites begin to do what? They begin to come and they start winning the battle. So, you know, Moses is like, oh. And so what happens is Aaron and Ur come and they see that every time Moses' arms go down, the army of Israel gets defeated. Every time his arms go up, they see that the Israelites begin to, to win the battle. So these two take their own recognition. They take initiative and say, Let, let's put Moses on a stone. It would be a lot easier. They put him on a stone to sit down and they, Aaron and Ur, hold up Moses' arms and then guess what happens? You read it, right? They win. It was a team effort. God does great things through a lot of people coming together. And this is like anything, a business, a family, a, a sports team, a, 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 a concert, uh, you know, a, a choir, a, an orchestra, a band, uh, a church. You know, I thank you, board, for your, your love for us and you take good care of us. But the pastor can't hold his arms up all the time. The manager can't hold their arms up all the time. The CEO, I mean, the conductor can get up there too. You ever know a conductor, if the conductor like puts his arms down, you know, and they stop, uh, it's, it, it's like that, okay? So the coach can't always have their, the greatest quarterback can't always throw the best things, but it's a team, right? The soccer player, right? They can't always kick the best. There's other team members around. So what I'm saying is this, is God does great things through united purpose, God does greater things when a group of people come together and say, let's do what God wants us to do. Amen? And so I want to talk about just for a few moments today is giving a hand. All right? All right? So here we go. So let's talk about this. All right? Let me, let me give this to you. Are you ready to unite with other believers to do something greater than you can do alone? Okay. If you're not, then I'm going to, I hope that God gets a hold of us. You see, in this nation of independence, the, the United States of America, it became independent because of the interdependence on each other. You see what I'm saying? We depended on each other. So now we're getting to the point like we think, I don't need anyone. I can do my own thing. And you, you can for a short time, but you really can't survive on your own. God intended that you and I live with family, with coworkers, and specifically the church. Come on, amen? And so he's calling us together to do great things. Now, again, some of you, you're, you're brilliant, you're smart, you're, and you're all good-looking, by the way. 
And, uh, and so you're awesome in that area. But the problem is we buy into the lies of the world system that you can make it on your own and you have this great plan. You're going to make a billion dollars and God bless you for that. But God says, that's fine. But if you would unite with the church, you would unite with your family, I can do some really great things through you, greater than you can do by yourself. And what I'm calling you to do, and I'm calling this church, and I hope every church is doing this, is that we would unite around the common purpose that just like Moses went to go and take and set his people free, that Jesus came and he gave you and I the opportunity to be free. Right? Free. We are free this morning. We are free to worship and we were freed from sin. And just like Jesus went to the children of Israel and brought the gospel, you and I have the gospel, the greatest, the greatest message, the greatest power. It's in us. And imagine if all of us in this room, maybe 120 of us or 100 of us, came together and said, we are going to bind together, we're going to unite in our diversity, and we're going to change the world, what Jesus could do. Come on, amen? Jesus took 12 disciples and turned the world upside down. Jesus took 120 believers in the day of Pentecost and really turned the world upside down. God could surely take 100 of us or 110 of us together in this room together and we could turn this nation around. We could turn the nations around. Come on, you got to believe that? It happens when you and I say, okay, Lord, I'm in. What can I do? How can I help? What is my part? You see, so, so I, let me help out. Why give a hand? That's the question. Let's hit the next slide. Why give a hand? Pastor, I'm too busy. All right, Everybody's busy. You know, I don't want to go off on this too long. And, and as your pastor, uh, I'm tired of hearing that, okay? Uh, everybody's busy. There's 24 hours in the day, and what you choose to do with those 24 hours is up to you. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good. Uh, and so every one of us, between work, projects, community, paying bills, life, sleep, food, kids, no kids, uh, dogs, or whatever. We are just busy, right? Isn't it amazing that like they, they invented these computers, they invented cell phones, like, all this high-tech stuff supposed to make our lives easier. But what do you do all night? You spend all your time around that high-tech gear, don't you? Come on. Oh, the network's down. Oh, the Wi-Fi's bad. Oh, you know, I'm not getting cell service. Oh, my show, you know. It isn't just, it's just annoying, right, when you're watching your favorite, you're binge-watching your show on Netflix, and it pixelates and it stalls. Isn't that just annoying? What a rough life we live, right? It's tough, isn't it? You know, it's really tough that you have to watch another football team or sports team because your football team rarely shows here, right? I mean, it's tough but I can go on the internet and I can find my sports team and I can watch it at home. And so all this stuff that's supposed to make our lives better is causing us more stress, more work, and it's robbing our time, some of it. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm just saying every one of us, we're busy. So the question that I have for us in how can we give a hand, how can we, I'm going to set this up, but I don't want to trip on it. Um, how can we lift the hands of those around us? How can we put, do our part so then you've got to ask the question, why am I so busy? Why am I so busy? Think about that. Why, why are you so busy? And, and, and while you're busy, the stuff that you're doing, is it really going to matter? Does it really, is it helping build the kingdom of God? Is it helping your family? Is it helping you? And so, yes, it is. I, I need to be refreshed. I need to be renewed. And that's good. But how long do you need to be refreshed and renewed before you, you step in and help? Come on, amen? And so then the other part is this, and this is, I can hear the voices in the crowd right now. No one gave me a hand, Pastor. Right? Some of you, you're like saying that right now. In fact, some of you got your arm, you're like looking at me. You're like, or maybe you're smiling, but you're like, 
No one helped me. I started my business on my own. Or I, I made it to college on my own. Or I'm, I'm a self-made man or woman on my own. No one helped me. Yeah, someone helped you. God. Your mom. Your dad. Not my mom and dad. Yeah. Somebody helped you. You are not all by yourself. And so we get in this mindset. Well, no, no one gave me a hand, Pastor Stan. No one, no one did anything for me. Well, I want you to be broken from that mindset. That's, that's a destructive mindset. Come on, amen? Jesus, and here's why. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do to you. You've got to give hands when the Lord asks you. Just write the scripture down. I'm not going to read it. But Jesus said, if you want a hand, you've got to give a hand. Come on, amen? If you want to grow, you've got to help someone grow. It's not always about you. Then, of course, letter C, and some of you are like that right now. I don't need to. I don't need to do this. Who are you to tell me what to do? Or, you know what, I don't need to do that. I'm busy, or it's not my call. Someone else will do it. Say, someone else. Now say this, I am someone else. So I just caught you, didn't I? Okay, because someone else will do that. And we also, someone else will take care of that. Someone else will work in the nursery. Someone else will hand out the flyers. Someone else will finish a project at work. Someone else will do the laundry. Isn't it? Let someone else do the laundry at your house. How long does that last, right? Let someone else buy the groceries, right? Let someone else pay the bills, right? You tell your boss at work, hey, let someone else do my project. What would happen? Imagine the, the chamber orchestra, okay? And, and the, the, the flautist that would say, you know, someone else can play the flute. And, and of course, the director said, okay, fine. Move. Get out. We, we can find somewhere else. And so when you and I go around and say, well, it's someone else's job. Maybe it's your job. Come on, amen? All right, so the next thing is this. Well, here's why you're to give a hand. Because God said so. I went over your heads, didn't I? You know, you know the kid, I'm going to go tell mom, I'm going to tell dad. So God says, because I said so, give a hand. So the children of Israel, they all had a, a purpose together. Every tribe did something with, the, the tri- with them. They, every tribe had a part. Every tribe was important. Just like you're important in the church, you're important at your workplace, you're important in your home, you're important in this nation, you're important in every nation of the world, okay? So here's what it is, and I've got to read these scriptures, okay? The first thing is this, because God said so, here's, here's the, the, the answer to all the excuses. John 14, all right? I have it, John 14. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and, and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Okay, so first thing is this. If we love Jesus, we're going to obey his commands, right? Oh, yes, okay. Ephesians 2.19. If you're a Christian, then you're a member of God's family. Say God's family. Ephesians 2.19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people. And check this out. Members of God's household. You are a member of God's house. God bless you wherever you're a citizen, and I'm, I'm grateful that I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm grateful that I get to vote. But my, my allegiance goes with the kingdom of God first and foremost. Okay? I'm a child of God first and foremost. Okay? And so I thank God. I mean, I, I, I'm grateful for this nation, and whatever nation you come from, but I'm a citizen of heaven first and foremost. Okay? And you and I, we are members of God's household. Isn't that awesome? Okay, that is awesome. All right, the next thing, okay, so since we're members of God's family, then every one of us have a task. 
Romans 12, 4 and 5. Just as each one uh, has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, who are many, form one body. And check this out. Each member belongs to all the others. Oh, you didn't like to hear that, did you? We belong to each other. Come on, did you know that? You belong to me, and I belong to you. And you see, the problem with the church in America is we always say, I just come to church, I just come to get blessed, and the church better bless me, and I leave. Then you're not really a member then of the body of Christ. Because, see, we belong to each other. You are gifted and talented beyond all measure, and I'm, I'm only gifted a certain amount, and I can't do everything by myself, nor can you. But when we come together, when we, we lift the hands of the leaders or we each do our part, something powerful happens. Come on, amen? Look at it again. The Bible college in Armenia. Churches from all over the world came together, sent people there to teach, and also then sent resources, and now they're graduating students. That's because of us coming together saying, we're all going to lend a hand. We're all going to do our part. Imagine if in the local church we all begin to have that mindset in the local church, in our workplaces, in our homes, that we say, how can I come together and make great things happen? All right, I've got to move on. So the next thing is this. So each of us, we're part of the family of God, then each of us have gifts from God, okay? And the body of Christ needs them. 1 Peter 4.10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve himself. Is that what it says? It says, to serve what? Others. And in America, we think everyone comes to serve me. The church serves me. My boss serves me. The government serves me. Uh, the person at the Starbucks, they serve me. Well, yes, in a form, but we are in the church, we are the body of Christ. And we serve each other. We care for each other. We're family, right? And it says that we're administering God's grace in various forms. I can't even move on. All right, so when to give a hand. Are you doing good? All right, when to give a hand, okay? So when do you give a hand? Well, when asked. <laughs> when asked. Okay, it's, that's pretty simple, right? When asked. When someone asks you, Moses told Joshua, hey, Joshua, choose some fighting men and go out to face the Amalekites. Can you imagine Joshua saying, you know what, Moses, I don't have time. My computer has a, a virus right now. Uh, my kid is sick. My chariot, the wheels have fallen off. You do it, Moses. We're, we're paying you. That, that's your job anyway. And Moses was a shepherd. He wasn't a soldier. Joshua was a warrior. Joshua was a seasoned combat warrior. Can you imagine a shepherd leading a seasoned combat group into battle? That's like someone from the Peace Corps going and joining the Marines and saying, I don't have any combat experience, but I'm going to lead you into battle. You know what those Marines are going to do? Uh, no, you're not. You go back to the Peace Corps. God bless you whenever you do over there. But we bring peace through strength. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Every one of you have a part. So here it is. Sometimes people ask you, hey, can you help me out? Your neighbor asks you. The church asks you. Your boss helps you. Your, their family asks you for help. Joshua, of course, couldn't defeat the enemy by himself. He was a great warrior, but Joshua had to get soldiers. Hey, come along. Let's, let's stop the enemy because we're going to the promised land. We have purpose, right? The church has purpose. A family has purpose. A business has purpose. A nation has purpose. Many times, God asks you to help through other people. Right? And he's asked you, but now you need to respond. Okay? So just 
Ask for discernment. When is it the, the Word of God? So, here's the next thing. When to give a hand? When prompted by the Holy Spirit. When you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. There are times when someone doesn't have to ask you, you just do. Philip, I, I think about that Philip, when he was preaching the gospel and the eunuch from Ethiopia comes alongside and the Holy Spirit tells Philip, go alongside. He preaches the gospel and then the church grows. There are still the thriving churches in, still in Ethiopia from the time that Philip preached the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. That church began to grow and it, it thrived. It's still there in Ethiopia. It's because one man heard the voice of God. He didn't wait around. I'm waiting for one of the board members to ask me. Pastor Stan never asked me. Pastor Moses, you know, Moses said, help. God says to Philip, go. God has moved on your heart. There are many times we have missionaries and, or a, a campaign and you are prompted by the Holy Spirit and you give money or you pray or you go on a missions trip. So when the Holy Spirit says go, you go. Come on, amen? This is when you say yes, okay? When you're prompted, when you're asked. And then the third part, the third part is if it's for God's kingdom. Because, see, God's kingdom is going to last forever. Say forever. 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 Nations have come and gone, come and go, but God's kingdom will last forever. I love this nation. I'm grateful for it. But I'm not naive enough to believe that the, this nation will last forever. It might be rebuilt. It might be renewed. It might stay the same. I don't know. And I'm going to work my hardest to make sure it's a great nation for you and for those who come here. But I know that this nation is not eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal. And so oftentimes, the kingdom of God stuff is greater, but it actually helps a nation. Do you know that? Okay. For God's kingdom. Anytime God asks us, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, again, I'm not going to read it, go and make disciples of all nations. Let me tell you, do you, do you want to know how we can have racial peace in this nation? Are you ready? Do you want to know how we can stop terrorism? Do you know how we can stop greedy businesses? Do you know how we can stop deceptive politicians? Do you, know, you want to know how to erase hate from people's hearts? Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. When the nation, when churches, when believers begin to speak and live the gospel of Jesus, it begins to permeate everyone's life. And it begins to trickle and moves up into nations and into government systems, into corporate businesses, and even touches terrorists. Where Remember Paul? Paul was a terrorist. He was on the watch list of the Christians and other people. He was a radical. Saul, who became Paul, he was having Christians killed. It would not be like, like a, the, the ISIS groups today. They're on watch groups. And so Paul has an experience with Jesus Christ. Think about that. So if it's for the kingdom of God and we're out touching people's lives uh, and, again, be involved politically, but the most important thing is if people come to know Jesus and live for Jesus, they begin to change. The government can't mandate change like the gospel can bring change. Come on, amen? And so when we do that, great things happen. Okay, pastor, uh, every Christian I meet or every person that I know, they say they're Christian and they're asking for help. Okay, so... You ever have that? So then you've got to pray, God, how does this help then? When do I help? Well, let me just be honest with you. First is, okay, how does it help my family grow? Secondly, how does it help my local church? Thirdly, then, how can I help the greater kingdom of God? So it, the primary focus is always your family first, your local church, 
and then what's outside of that. Because every day, every week, we have people from outside of the community, outside uh, our state, asking this church for help. And we can't help all of them. So we pray, God, how does this fit the mission you've called us to? And so you've got to discern. Because a lot of people come alongside asking for help. Come on, right? And no sometimes is a proper response. Some of you have a hard time saying, say no. See, some of you couldn't even say it right then and there. He's like, mm, yes, no. You, sometimes no is a No, I can't add another thing to my plate. No, this goes against the purpose of my family and my church. No, I can't help because I'm helping here. Maybe a, someone else can help you. Did you see that? Well, pastor, they're, they're Christians. We're supposed to help all Christians. As long as it helps in the body of Christ where you're at first and for your family, maybe the Lord will ask you to do something else. Are you following me? Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on. You doing good? I know this is deep. Where do you give a hand? Well, let me, I already said this. Where do you give a hand? The first place is your home. Your home. All right? The first place, your family deserves your best, not your last. Ouch. Right? It's Scripture, 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith, and that is worse than an unbeliever. You're supposed to take care of everything. Well, pastor, that's right. Uh, I work extra hours. My family doesn't appreciate it. I do all this stuff. Well, maybe then you're working too much. If your career calls you away from home all the time, then maybe that's too much time. I understand there's times when you, you work late. I understand there's times there's business trips or if you're, you work for the government or the military, you get called away. I understand that. That happens. But the most important thing is that you and I are spiritually feeding our family or we're there to grow spiritually. It's hard sometimes, right? Well, Pastor, I work overtime to take care of my family. Well, my question then is this. How about spiritually? Are you there? How about emotionally? Are you there? How about physically? Are you there? I mean, there were times when, when, um, you know, when, when our beautiful daughters now, they're older now and they're smart and beautiful, they always have been. I, I'm just biased as a dad. But I remember coming home, and of course, Olivia's dealing with young kids, and it was my turn out, and I, not like I, I picked my kids, and they knew when I wasn't engaged with them. We would go somewhere, and, and I, like they would be at the park, and, and of course, it's obvious when I'm sitting at the, the park bench reading a, a, a book, you know, or looking through a magazine, Dad, Dad, okay, I'll be there in a minute. I wasn't engaging with them. Or, then I, or I would say, okay, I can't do that anymore. But they would still know if I wasn't engaged, if I'm like, just like dazing off. Dad, look at me. I'm, I'm hanging from this tree upside down, 80 feet in the air. That's great, hon. Oh, my goodness, what? Right? And so sometimes, well, I'm there, and, but are you there? Are you there? Right? Or, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't do this, cause, but some of you, like you're, like, you're watching the TV or the sports, and they're, they're walking in. Hey, there's a guy that just stole, stole the car. Oh, that's great. The backyard's on fire. Okay, call the fire department. <laughs> You're not there. You see what I'm saying? Come on. Are, are you, so you got to give it home, all right? Money can't buy you love. I should write a song about that. Money can't buy you love. I think someone else did that years ago. So the next place to give a hand, of course, is home and work. Yes, give, give a hand at work. God gave you a job. Honor God there. Come on, amen. I know sometimes you work for Lucifer's son. I know that, okay? Or Lucifer's cousin. I don't know. I know you might work for them. And sometimes that's terrible. And you need to pray, God, get me out of that job. Or get me out of this. Or Lord, I pray for their salvation. I told you this story many times. 
the church that Olivia and I planted in Salt Lake City, uh, there was a couple that, that worked in our, student Lynette, they worked in our church and they worked at a company. And this witch, I mean, she was an outright witch, not like you think witch, you know, like, oh, she was a witch with, a, you know. No, I don't go there. She was a pagan witch. And she was doing spells and she was negative upon the workplace and it was just causing division. And, and of course, and so they couldn't give their best and they're like, what do we do, Pastor? I said, you have authority in Jesus' name, bind it. Bind the, the darkness from there. And they, they took authority over the place. They said, yeah, God gave us this job. This is where we're supposed to be light. And they began to speak the gospel in their life. I don't know if she ever got saved, but things changed because they engaged at work. Engage at work. Come on, amen. You're light. You're salt there. Come on, amen. Do your best, right? And I, Don't be the one last all the time coming in work late. If you're a Christian, be there early, right? I know I hate my job. I hate my job. But, but just do the best, okay? Pitch in. The next part is your neighborhood. I mean, now uh, I keep reading more articles and, and studies. We're becoming less neighborly. How many of you actually know your neighbors? Well, I know them. That's um, my neighbor there. I don't know. How many of you actually know your neighbors' names? <laughs> I know a couple of them. I don't know. I don't, I don't ever see them. Right. And then, uh, but God put you into your neighborhood to be a light for Jesus. You may need to look for opportunities to minister to your neighbor without them knowing or with them knowing. How can I help you? How can I schedule? What am I? What? Look for opportunities because they are people that need Jesus. Well, all my neighbors are Christians. Then you guys expand out. Every answer you give me, I'm gonna, I'll have another answer, okay? Well, uh, we're, uh, I, I got an answer for it. I'll find an answer, all right? So look for opportunities to be a blessing to your neighbors. Right? Come on, Amen. All right, the next place, of course, is, is your church. I'm going to keep moving on. Church, obviously. I've already given you the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So you're part of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, it basically says um, we come together to form one body. Can you imagine if everybody on the soccer team wanted to play goalie? How many people are on a soccer team? How many? Soccer players know that. Somebody's like, oh, I don't know. Five, two? Five, Fifty? More than five? Right. Okay, so imagine in basketball, okay? You remember basketball? The others? So imagine if, if everyone wanted to play point guard. Football team, all right? That real football. You know, the pigskin football. Imagine if everybody wanted to play quarterback. And then there's 11 players on offense, by the way. I knew that because I played that sport. If 11 people were trying to play quarterback, that'd be crazy, right? Or 11 people were trying to play goalie. Or 11 people were trying to play uh, center forward in soccer. It wouldn't work. So in the church, everyone has a part. And we all, well, how, how come no one sees me doing it? God sees you. He loves you and he's a Christian. I sometimes do see you. And if I don't say thank you, I am very grateful. But you are gifted. You're talented. You are what makes this church great. Come on, amen? And so... Give it church, give it home, give it the work. And of course, I'll write the scripture down. I'm not going to read it. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Give financially, give of your time, give of your prayers. This is your call. You are the resource, you're the provision for the vision God calls for every church. Malachi 3, 10. Get, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Where is the storehouse? Your local church. If you want to give to another ministry, go for it. But the Bible very, is very clearly a tenth of your income goes to your storehouse. Well, where's the storehouse? Where's the food? Pastor's saying, I don't have food. You don't feed me. Well, I, I try my best on Sunday mornings. 
We try our best to, do, to feed you spiritually. But spiritual food is the ministries we offer you as well, the things that we ask you to get involved in. Um, uh, Bible studies, ministries, those are parts of it, all right? Support its mission. Imagine God changing the world and the community by us believing that each of us are important in the body of Christ. Amen? This is where you give in. Are you doing good? All right, I'm going to move on. Your community. Obviously, I've already talked about this. We are placed in our community to be salt and light. I'm going to stop for a second so I can catch my breath. Do you remember Moses used the staff? Now, again, the staff is many things, but he used the staff uh, and he raised his hands. Remember at, at the, when they crossed the Red Sea? Remember that God, he, he raised his hands, probably had the staff in his hands. Okay, and so he stopped the destruction upon the people and of course then he brought destruction on the people. And so here's the thing. We are living in a perverse and wicked time. And the gospel says that you are salt and light. Salt preserves. It only just tastes, but it preserves. And light guides. Right? Salt preserves. Light guides. So if you're a Christian in your community, God expects you and I to be salt and and light, we are to be a preserving agent upon the nations of the world. Come on, amen. So I was, I was, I was talking to Livy about this, and I was watching uh, some of. How many of you Netflix binge? How you know what Netflix is? How you know what TV is? TV shows. I don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest with you. And sometimes I catch stuff on Netflix. So I got interested. I'm not going to tell you the shows. I got interested on these shows on Netflix, and they're, they're like, these are kind. Of, these seem cool. They have like. They had a cast of like six, five characters coming into this one series, and I thought I saw the series. I thought this is interesting, so I'm going to go back and watch each of these different casts and these different uh, characters. So I began to turn it on and watch. And also, I mean, they're like nakedness and sex and perversion. I'm thinking, okay, I'm done with that. You just ruined a good story. You didn't need all that garbage. We live in a world that thinks everything goes. Here's what I'm saying: You are called salt and light to help preserve. God's people and to bring mercy upon the land. You see, if you and I don't stand up for the unborn, if we don't stand up against child abuse, if we don't stand up against flagrant perversion, if we, if we don't stand up against graft and slavery, then who will? It's the church's job. It's the believer in your workplace, in your community. You can be a light. Well, Pastor said, I don't want to get fired. I'm going to tell you, if you get fired, God will provide a better job for you. But don't cause trouble to get fired, be salt and light. Come on, church, amen? amen. In your schools, your campuses, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I tell my, my daughters all the time, I, I'm telling you, just because your professor says it doesn't always make it true. Just because the teacher says it doesn't always mean it's right. What is our moral standard? The Bible's our moral standard. And you and I need to be light in school, at work. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to be, I want to fight you. Just be light. And a lot of times I find out being light, of course, sometimes it offends people. And sometimes they're like, you know what? I don't like you. Why? Because you're different than me. It's just Jesus. Take, don't take it personally. It's Jesus. Sometimes, though, they see that they're in trouble. And guess who they come to? Salt and light. So open that door. Give, give it work. Give it school. Give it home. In the community. The nation, of course, the same thing. Nation. Do, do be involved in your nation. And I put down, pray, 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 pray. Please pray for this nation. 
Please pray for every nation in the world. Come on, amen? Pray. Uh, um, be healing instead of division. Come on, amen? Would Jesus post some of the stuff you post online? Would Jesus say some of the things you say about your neighbors? Maybe. Would Jesus say some of the things you say about your coworkers? I don't know. You answer that. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. Come on, amen? Let me move on. Now, let me talk about this for a few minutes. I know this is not super deep, but this is why God's calling us. How to give a hand, all right? Letter A, I'm moving on. Number four, do what Jesus did. You're not Jesus, but he gave you his authority. He gave you his power. Hebrews, I love this, Hebrews 13, 16. And do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. It is a sacrifice sometimes to do good and share, isn't it? It is. It's a sacrifice sometimes. But God is pleased with that. He will bless it. And then Colossians 2, 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in the bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. I talked about that last week. You have authority through Christ to take spiritual work of the devil and take it, take it captive or bind it and pray or live in light. Come on, amen? You have spiritual authority. You've got to live that. Say, I've got to live it. Okay? So do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He went around preaching the gospel, proclaiming the kingdom of God, healing people, praying for people. You have that authority. Say, I have that authority in Jesus' name. Okay, do it. Do that. Use that. All right. The next part. Are you doing good? The next part is this: intercede for them. Did you know it costs no money? Listen to this. It costs zero dollars to pray for someone. Everyone can do that, right? You can pray for that obnoxious coworker. You can pray for your uh, neighbors that are constantly fighting with each other. Or their kids are out like doing, selling drugs and shooting people. I mean, well, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're, uh, you can pray for free. Isn't that awesome? Well, I don't have time. Yes, you can. 24 hours in a day. You don't need to do every Instagram, every, you know, po- just put that down for a while and say, you know what, Lord, I don't know my neighbors, or I know them and they're in trouble. I'm praying for them. I'm praying for this nation. I'm praying for every nation. I'm praying for the pastor. I'm praying for my boss. I'm praying for my fellow believers. Intercede for them. And of course, then, let her see. Encourage. How many like to be encouraged? What? Encourage them. Hebrews 3.13. But, check this out. Encourage one another monthly. It says what? Encourage one another daily. Daily encourage one another. As long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin. You see, sin is deceitful. The world is hard. When's the last time you said something nice to someone? Come on, amen? Well, I wouldn't wear those shoes. Pastor, I'm t- all you're talking about that football team from Denver, you know. Well, you mentioned it, so I had to talk about it then. Boy, Pastor, you're... you're, you're you know, why do we all have to say the first thing is negative something about someone? Stop it! In Jesus' name. Come on. When's the last time you actually encouraged someone? When they have, I mean, their life's tough, right? I mean, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's happening. Maybe they're dealing with cancer. Maybe their marriage is on the rocks. Maybe their child is the one out shooting people or causing crime. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't do that with my kid. Well, you're not them. Why don't you encourage them? Why don't you pray for them? 
why don't you say, you know what, maybe I don't understand what they're going through, but I can pray with them. Come on, amen? This is good, isn't it? This is how you lift a hand. Because imagine now, Moses is up there. Moses, man, your armpits, they stink. Moses, I can't believe you're saying, I, if, I, if I were that, I would not stand with my right hand. I would do it with my left hand. In fact, if I were you, Moses, if I were you, I would not stand on that rock. I would stand on this rock. But that's me, Moses. You're doing it all wrong. Because I know. Because I've led a nation. Well, I haven't, but... Do you see what I'm saying? And so people sometimes, they get out in front, or the church, or the boss, or the company, or the family, and they try to take the lead, and we're always, what we're trying to do to that person? We're trying to tear them down. Well, if I was doing it, or you know what, so-and-so did it better than you. Why do we do that? Give a hand by lifting them up and not tearing them down. Come on, this is the gospel. The gospel, well, pastor, the gospel's truth, it confronts. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not your job. Come on, amen? Lift up. Encourage one another. The Bible says build one another up. It doesn't say tear one another down. Come on, amen? The fruit of the Spirit is not complaining. It's not criticizing, right? Come on, amen? The gifts of the Spirit aren't that. Okay, so here it is. Encourage them. And then, of course, help. Help. Everyone just jump in. I was talking to Alberto... um, and they, they, Alberto got a piano from a friend of ours who happens to be here today. They're, they're moving, unfortunately, and they're getting rid of the piano. So Alberto and, and Robert and some other people wouldn't... Have you ever lifted an upright piano? It's heavy. Okay, and so, and so then, of course, they're like, we don't know if we're going to get this in the Alvarez home. So Melissa was wise, and she called some neighbors, and there were more people there. But um, I can't imagine if Alberto... See, Robert left because he was crying. Oh, there he is. Albert, he's like, oh, no. Um, and, and so... If, if, if you are two people trying to lift an upright piano up these stairs or like this, you're going to die. <laughs> or you're going to get crushed or you're going to maim or something like that. So the old saying, many hands, what's that say? Many hands what? Yeah, you got what? What is that, Pastor? Many hands makes work light. And so when more people were there to lift the piano, it was happening. So imagine now, many people are helping now Aaron and Ur are lifting up the arms of Moses. The power of many hands, all right? It takes a team or a family to win. I'm just, write, just write these things in quick. I know I'm, I'm just kind of going on. Moses was the leader. God called him to be the leader. He was supposed to be in front holding up the staff. Aaron and Ur were elders. They were helping. They took the initiative and they put... Moses on the stone and they stood by him and lifted his arms up so the children of Israel went. Joshua was the ministry team leader. The people, the, the people of Israel were the whole church. And Joshua was able to take the church and they were able to push back the darkness and go into the promised land. You see, combined faith accomplishes much. Write this scripture down. I don't have the time to do it. Um, here we go. We're on the power of many hands. Letter A, write this down. It takes a, a, a team or a family to win. Combined faith accomplishes much. Hit the scripture. You guys have it? I'm sorry. They're moving along quick. Mark 2, 1 through 5. I was going to actually preach out of this text this Sunday, but I, I'm not ready for that yet. But it talks about the paralytic man who his friends lowered him through the roof to get to Jesus. That man could not get there by himself, but his friends took them. You see, sometimes you have to physically carry someone to Jesus. Sometimes you have to find the initiative and find a way. And so, so here it is, all right? You doing good? The power of many hands. So it takes a family. Uh, combined faith accomplishes much. 
And then the diversity of the gifts equals the church. Diversity of the gifts. I'm not going to go there a lot. But you are the church. Say I and the church. The church is not a building. You are the church. The church meets in a building sometimes or out uh, somewhere else. But each one of you are uniquely gifted and the church needs your gift. Your family needs your gift. Your workplace needs your gift. This nation, the nations of the world, need your gift. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and through all parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. If you are the body of Christ, you're part of us. You have a part to play. You have something that you can contribute. What is our battle plan? To help people come into the kingdom of God. That's the promised land. The kingdom of God is a promised land. Say, the kingdom of God is a promised land. You have family and friends and co-workers and neighbors who are in bondage to the slavery of the devil. And we have the power of Jesus to go and be light to them and bring them into the promised land. So the battle plan is for the church to mobilize behind Jesus. He's the head shepherd. And then over every church, the, the, the master shepherd puts an under-shepherd, whoever he or she might be. And it happens to be the senior pastor or the lead pastor or the pastor of the congregation. And you and I need to come together behind the kingdom of God and say, God, what am I to do? You see, if every believer carries out their parts, the whole church wins. The community wins. The nation wins. Imagine if only a few people carry out the work of the church. The church limps along. The church just gets by. And God has called this church no longer to limp along, no longer to get by, but to unite behind his purpose. Because Pastor Stan can't fight the battle all by himself. The board members can't fight the battle all by themselves. The nursery worker, I mean, every person cannot do it by this, but when we come together, we can do a lot. Come on, amen? So would you stand with me this morning? The worship team's going to come. I'm going to try to put this down. And we are going to receive a, lo- a love offering in a moment for the um, compassion first. But I just want to give a moment for a time of prayer. So the conclusion is this. Will you give a hand? Will you give a hand? Will you give a hand at the church, with your family, the workplace, the community, the nation? Will you do your part? God will empower you. God will gift you, and he's gifted you. He will, he will employ your gifts to make a huge difference. Would you just stand? Let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you created us to work together to, greater, to do greater things. Lord, I think of all through the book of Acts that Lord Jesus, 120 believers got baptized in the Holy Spirit and they changed the world. Lord Jesus, you took 12 disciples and turned the world upside down. Surely, Lord, you can take 110 people in this room today and we could change this community, change this nation, change this world, God. Because it's the same God, it's the same Spirit working in us. Maybe some of us in this room, we don't know our gifts. Maybe we we have just been sitting on the sidelines waiting for someone to ask us. I pray, Holy Spirit, every one of us would offer what we have and say, God, here it is. Here am I. Use me for your glory. So Lord, help us to see that you have a greater call for us, a greater purpose for us, God. And I pray that, Lord, we see that the kingdom of God is a great call. Yes, our jobs are important. Yes, our families are important. Yes, our our relationships with other people are important. But the greatest relationship that's the most important is our relationship with you. So I ask God, show us where to actually give our hand to our family, to our church, to our workplace, to our community, 
to the nation, to the nations of the world. Let us prioritize. Maybe some of us in this room, we're just too busy. Help us to cut things out that really don't matter. And maybe some in this room, just again, they don't know what they're called to do. Help them find their gifts. Lord, you have just, you're putting in my heart that you want to do great things through this church, through these people. And it helps when we unite behind the common purpose, God. Let us lay aside our own personal agenda and, and give you our hearts because when we come together with that great dream, great things will happen. And Lord, in every church, wherever community they're at, whatever nation, you want to do great things at every church, Lord. And it will happen when we unite in purpose. We unite in diversity as brothers and sisters, realizing that one person can't do it all, but many hands coming together can make a big difference, God. So I'm asking, Holy Spirit, speak to everyone in this room right now. And as, Lord, each of us have our part, we would do our part. And then we'd come together, we'd offer ourselves, because again, you've called Stan Nelson to shepherd these great people to new levels of spiritual growth, new levels of reaching our community. Our community is blinded. Our nation needs help, God. The world needs help, God. And you're calling on the church. It is God's purpose that the manifest wisdom is come through the church. Let us realize that every one of us are important. So, Father, I'm asking Jesus, and you'd speak to everyone right now. Church, I'm not going to call you to the front, but I want to just take a moment and just be quiet and let the Holy Spirit minister to you and let him tell you something that you should do or you can do or he's encouraging you to do. I'm just going to stop just for a moment. Let the Spirit speak to you. Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I was reading in the Gospels this week where you, you sent out the 12 and then you sent out 72 and you sent them out with authority, God. And then in Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon the church and then they united together and then the church began and the church still exists over 2,000 years ago. Help this church, help this body, help other bodies to unite behind your purpose, God. Let us be like the children of Israel who left bondage but let us also then help others come out of bondage. So Lord, every one of us have a part. Help us to give a hand where you're calling us to. Always to our family, always to our church, always to our community where we live, to our workplace, our classes, our nation, the nations of the world. But let everyone know here, just as I read earlier to the worship service, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you have great purpose for us. And when we unite in purpose, greater things can happen. Lord, I celebrate with the Armenian Bible College. That was part of this church and other churches. We can continue to do greater things when we unite, Lord. Unite us in purpose, God. I don't know how to do it, but you're going to do that. I, I pray that you again, just encourage everyone to do their thing right now in Jesus' name. Friends, you may just be seated for a moment. We are going to, I want to give you opportunity. The worship team is going to sing in a second. And I know we, we've asked you to prepare, if, if you did or did not, 
prepare for the compassion first. And I want you to give to the compassion first. So the ushers, if you want to come right now, if you're ready, write out a check to the church, uh, whatever you want to do, compassion first. Uh, just put Rockville Sunday God and put compassion first. And, or just put it in the offering bag. If you're not ready, that's fine. You can give online. You can give later. But we want to imagine the victory that the Armenian Bible College is going to do and the things that are going to happen because you helped them. Imagine now we're going to help Pastor Elizabeth and Martin with their church plant. We're going to help uh, uh, Pastor Billy uh, and his wife Denise with their church plant. We're going to help other ministries and other people that aren't Christians in this community with the compassion first. So I'm asking you to say, okay, Lord, how much am I supposed to give or what can I give? If you can't give today, that's fine. Pray for us or make a pledge later. Ushers, would you come right now? And we're going to give to the, to the Lord. And this is, this is one way we can lend a hand. This is one way we can give a hand. Amen? Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would bless this offering and that great things would happen, God, and you would be exalted. And bless gift and giver. If we're not able to give today, that's fine. Help us to give at another time or a different way. But Lord, multiply and do great things through the compassion first. I'm asking that we could help church plants. We could help another Bible cause. We could help people in the community that have a need and we could do something great and the name of Jesus would go forward. So Lord, bless gift and giver. Multiply this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, actually, the, the, worship team's, the worship team's waiting. So they're doing that. So here, I, I'm just going to get... Can I just do this for a couple more minutes, all right? Here's the next thing I'm going to ask you to do. Is, is I'm, I was going to pass them out, but would you please take one of these posters, one of these handouts for the, this um, doubt night, and would you put it, just put it somewhere at a Panera or Barnes & Nobles. At a, if, you can, if you can put it at work or school and not get in trouble... Uh, I took some here to the local campus but because I, I wasn't a student I had to leave it with them. Maybe you can help us out and put it somewhere, okay? You, each of you, Melissa said, um, were given inside your bulletin no handout. Please, please say, God, who am I supposed to give this to? You know someone who's doubting. Come on, amen? This is the way that you can give a hand. Amen? All right, would you stand with me? The worship team is going to sing a last song. I'm going to shut up because I want you to just listen to the Lord. Father, bless this church as we give our hand to help others. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.